Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. Welcome back. Do not fear, I am not about to sing the theme song to Welcome Back, Cotter. Although I might, if you dare me. And to say Welcome Back is not entirely accurate. The church has never closed. While this building may have been empty on Sunday mornings, the work of the church, the work of praising God and being Christ's hands in the world has never stopped. But I'm grateful to all of you who made that happen. And I'm delighted this morning to say, welcome back. The return of in-person worship inside the Chapel of the Cross on this morning is more than coincidental. For every year on this very morning, we remember Constance and her companions, that group of nuns and priests who were martyred in 1878 in Memphis while caring for the poor and sick during what turned out to be the worst year of yellow fever on record. Most fled Memphis that hot summer, but many, for economic or other reasons, could not. And Constance, a young woman of 33, brought to Memphis from New England to teach music and writing, Constance cared for them. We celebrate Constance because one of her aforementioned companions, the Reverend Charles Carroll Parsons, was married to a member of the Johnstone family, the family who established the Chapel of the Cross. Mr. Parsons was also a veteran of the Union Army, and many of his in-laws kindly referred to him as the damn Yankee. But while we give thanks for the beautiful witness and profound sacrifice of Constance, I wonder, is it too easy to assume what Constance would have done almost 150 years later in the face of COVID-19. I know a Constance of stained glass and beloved memory, but not the real Constance. Perhaps she was as noble as we presume her to be. I like to think she was. But perhaps she was also frightened, confused, and frustrated. I just don't know. And I don't know about you, but for me, these past six months have been frightening and confusing and frustrating. When the reality of the pandemic first hit, my family and I were on vacation 
And I will always remember being in this great throng of people in the Dallas airport, all anxious to get home to begin what we thought would be a week or two of quarantine. Just a little extension to our spring break. Little did we know. But I cannot and will not presume what Constance would have done in 2020, and I don't think we should. We should not judge our reactions individually or corporately to COVID-19 in light of Constance or any other framework. We have done the best we can with the evolving information we have, and God forgives us where we fall short or go astray. But I do know one thing, that amidst plague and pestilence, Constance chose love. In 1878, Constance wrote in her diary, yesterday I found two young girls who had spent two days in a a two-room cottage with the unburied bodies of their parents. The nuns took the fever orphans with them, keeping with the best medical advice of the day, bathed their clothes and their bodies in a carbolic acid solution, lit pine tar, and showered them in the smoke. One grows perfectly hardened to these things, Constance wrote. Hardened, perhaps, but beautiful and loving, and certainly a far cry from teaching music to Memphis schoolgirls. So here in this chapel, in the midst of our own equally frightening but also very different pandemic, how do we choose love? The first thing we do is we remember love. And how do we remember? Well, we go to the altar and celebrate and receive the Holy Eucharist, the primary reason why we gather here in this chapel this morning. Here at the altar, we remember the one who made the ultimate choice of love and receive his body and his blood. I read a remarkable and remarkably well-written essay about Constance this week by an Elizabeth Apple, a native of Memphis, a graduate of St. Mary's Episcopal School where Constance taught and my Anna attended for several years. Ms. Apple is also a graduate student at Vanderbilt Divinity School. And in all honesty, this simple sermon this morning plagiarizes Mrs. Apple's excellent essay. And she wrote of the Eucharist. It's a meal of thanksgiving and a celebration of memory. Whenever you eat of this bread and drink from this cup, you remember the crucifixion and the love that led up to it. We remember the choice of love, a choice made by so many saints and martyrs and sisters and brothers who walked this Christian walk before we even began. We remember the choice of love. So then as we go forth from this place, reveling in our return to some regular use of this beloved structure, continuing to live in this world of pandemic and struggling to meet the many challenges yet to come. I pray that we too choose love. If we choose something else, 
then our world will be all the lesser for it. But when we do choose love, our world will lift up their voices in thanksgiving. When we do choose love, the challenges we face will be roundly defeated. And when we choose love, our God will proclaim, as Constance did when she drew her last breath, Alleluia, Hosanna. Amen.